Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Reverse Ambition, a podcast that features people who chase their dreams and their passions. I have an amazing guest today. She, in my mind, she's been a pioneer in her field, you know, in terms of entrepreneurism, in terms of she started out in the music industry, uh, working for good, violator management, more in the entertainment. She uh, transitioned into advertising, um, working for Steve Stout's agency. And in 2011, she started her own company, Gill Creative Group, which is a boutique brand management consulting firm that delivers cultural currency across all client business through music, social partnerships, and brand strategy. Please welcome the amazing Tiffany Harden. What's up, Tiff? Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for getting on this call. And I'm eager for people to hear your journey. So I usually start by asking my guests where they're from, where they went to college, where they majored in. Got you. Got you. So where I'm from is a little bit difficult. I grew up uh, between the South and the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in Germany. Um, my dad was in the army at that time. And then we, uh, both my parents are from the South, um, by way of Mississippi and South Carolina. And so after I was born, we made our way to Virginia. I lived in Jersey for a little bit when I was a kid. And then, um, spent most of my time between, um, Alabama and Texas before mm-hmm. we moved to Wisconsin for, um, my dad's job, which maybe in the middle of my freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I tend to, the short answer is between the Midwest and the South, but um, you know, we have, we have a long form format. So I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you all the things. Um, and then after moving in Wisconsin, um, that put me in the Midwest and for college, I went to Columbia college, Chicago mm-hmm. Um being in Wisconsin, I wasn't in Milwaukee or Madison where like people of color were. <laughs> I was in a small town called Nina, which is a, a paper town, a foundry city. Mm-hmm. And um, I really longed for diversity coming from Dallas. Like I was used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> so I, I knew I wanted to go to, go to a school that had um, a city element and a diverse element, but also while I was in high school, um, you know, I always was into music and singing and I was in choir and I was in drama and show choir, you know, if there was a stage, I was on it, okay. <laughs> which isn't too dissimilar from, from now. But, um, you know, I knew that I wanted to be in music. And uh, when I was in high school, um, I had a really interesting inflection point that made me realize that I wanted to explore music business. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, um, that's what made me choose Columbia College Chicago is because they have a music business program. And, um, I decided to, to, to go into that. So my degree is in arts entertainment and media management. Okay. Wow. All right. So, um, after college, how did you, what did you do? Did you come to New York right away or, you know? Yeah, I, I came to New York in the middle of my senior year because, um, you know, while I was in school, I was really 
from like maybe my junior year of high school through it just through mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very focused on um I was very focused on, on networking and connection and early on I a speed of thought came into my head which was you know in order for me to be a great talent manager which is what I wanted to do at that time and still still do really um I knew I had to be under someone who could teach me these things because it's such a it's it's an industry that especially talent management it's an industry that you have to work with a master talent manager mm-hmm. you know you can't um even if you were working at a, at a company that did talent management um you know especially like the bigger companies or an agency or whatever you still had a lot of um you could you could get lost in the sauce essentially right. so um I had an internship with a cat named John Monopoly, who was the um, founder of Hustle Period Management and was the president of Good Music at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, we worked with Kanye and Kids in the Hall and uh, Consequence and GLC and all these Chicago acts. Um, and uh, he asked me to be his Chicago assistant mm-hmm. um, after I had brought him in for something for school, uh, like a talk for school. And so um, I learned a lot working with him, and he was the reason why um, I was able to get introduced to Mona Scott. Okay. Um, and I was in the middle of my senior year, and I remember t- having a conversation with him, and I told him I you know I wanted to graduate with a job. And um, I he had introduced me to Mona to bring her into – uh, Chicago for another talk the school was producing and she said yes and then he also let her know that I was looking for a gig and at the time she was looking for a new assistant and so the stars aligned and the short story is that um, you know she offered me the position uh, I think January 2007 mm-hmm. um, or December 2006 and I moved uh, January 2007 uh which is the middle of my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, I, I took a U-Haul. And, <laughs> wow. Um, you drove from yeah, Chicago? <clears throat> drove from Chicago, me and my, my business partner at the time. Um, so I, was, I had businesses in college. Um, wow. Took a U-Haul to, and moved me to New York. And um, it was the middle of winter and stayed, at the time I was in, Astoria, Queens, wow. and um, that didn't last very long. It was about like three months. So I was like, gotta go. But uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I you didn't, didn't know, know New better. York like that. You didn't know better, huh? I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know any better. But um, you know, it worked for the time that it needed to work because my roommate at the time um, was a loose associate of my like my father's um, board member, like mm-hmm. peer. So. Um, and it just worked, it worked out. And she also used to, she was an alum of my school. Um, okay. so we had mutual people, but I say that to say like, to answer your question, I went from college straight to New York city to be Mona Scott's assistant who Mona Scott is, um, at the time she was the president of violator management and record. So I was working on, um, I was her assistant and working on Missy Elliott and Buster Rhymes. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? How was that experience out of college? How was it being Mona Scott mm-hmm. assistant? 
like baptism by fire, you know, like I, I think I was 21 when I moved here or moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at, I had maybe like a week with her former assistant and mm-hmm. then everything was like, it was a lot. It was a long, 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 long hours. It was, um, events. It was reading scripts because when I was really into TV and film and mm-hmm. lo and behold, <laughs> she's wow. doing it. Um, and you know, there was a lot of, it was a lot of lessons learned about navigating people. Mm-hmm. Um, and in understanding that, um, you know, the business is a, is a certain way. And so there are many, many lessons that Mona's taught me, but like, I mean, and I, I'll be the first one to tell you, like my, my memory retention game was just not on point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I was supposed to do what? Wow. Um, but, but, uh, you know, she, she obviously saw something in me and, um, you know, she wanted me, she wanted me to learn how to, how to think. I think she knew that I was a people person and that I could negotiate and that I could get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, like I get, like I tend to focus on the big important things. Right. Um, you know, but like some nuances, I'm like, whatever. Right. <laughs> so you you don't way. sound like you were a detail oriented person. You know, it's funny. I, I am, but I'm not like, mm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, like I said, I'm a detail-oriented person related to, like, marketing and perception and, like, a deal, right? Mm. I, but if you ask me to, like, like, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm not a tedious, I don't enjoy tedious things, mm. you know, like, so there's definitely this piece of me that's, like, you know, uh, trying to like i'll try i'll try really hard to be right. like i know i, I know that feeling to do the things you don't want to like, do <laughs> oh god it's frustrating I, like, I missed a, I missed a comma oh i'm sorry whatever <laughs> like did the deal get done okay right you know right, <laughs> right. are you serious about you know? that comma i just did this damn deal really <laughs> <laughs> you know so um 100 how long were you mona and how did you transition to the next yeah. opportunity? Yeah. Um, I was with Mona for, uh, well, that, whew, that was interesting. So I was with Mona for, in totality, about a year and some change. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the middle of it, she essentially left Violator to do Mona Me Entertainment full time. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, the transition was pretty easy. I mean, Chris Lighty fired me because I was never with Mona. Like I was basically working at a violator and wow. she, was, she had a whole other office like in Soho. Uh-huh. And, um, he would always ask me where she was at. And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> and, like I know where, like, I know where she's at. And so one he was morning, just covering her. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then one morning, um, you know, Mona called me super early and she was like, okay, listen, Chris is going to let you go. Um, but who knows when he's going to do it. We don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, just gave me the, the, the talk. It's like, when, whenever that happens, just come over, like come to the other office. Wow. So I was like, okay. Okay. So I, <laughs> I know this is so weird. This is so ridiculous, but music business. So, um, 
I, I went to work. I went to Violator. It was on 25th Street at the time. And I, um, the the front desk uh, woman told me that Chris wanted to see me. And Chris never wants to see me. You know, I don't right. work for his side of the, the team. So I was like, oh, okay. And so, like, the whole time, like, the whole morning, I was listening to um, Duffel Bag Boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Preparing yourself like, mentally. Mind, like, fat. yes, 100%. <laughs> and, um, and so we had a, cas- a really casual conversation. And he was, he was just like, yo. And I looked at him, I was like, it's cool. Like, it's totally cool. Right. And he's like, but the thing is, he's like, you know, and you're not working on my projects and da 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 you know, I was just like, it's fine. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, um, so we just ended up just like chop, chopping it up. And then, um, you know, I uh, locked up Mona's office and went to work uh, at her other office. Wow. It's so interesting how, you know, I would say casual, unstructured, you know, you know, transition in, in the music industry is as opposed to, you know, very structured in corporate America or government, whatever. It's literally a, a relationship thing, you know. Is mm-hmm. that am I am I am I right for saying that? No, one hundred percent it's a relationship thing. I think um, I think all of it's a relationship thing, uh, but I do think that when you are um, in those types of positions too, like the way the way people move in and out of um, spaces and places, it's it's relationship driven, and mm-hmm. so. Just why I like that movie, Black Godfather, with uh, Clara Savant. Like, that was the whole lesson in the <laughs> in the movie was right. his entire career was based on relationships, mm. and that and that's it. It's <laughs> not know? what and, you know; it's who you know, huh? Yeah, well, who knows you and who believes you? Ooh. You know, and who is able to to say, you know, I want to do this thing for you because. You know, not only because you did something for me, but because like, you know what, I I trust you. Like wow. that's the biggest thing. Wow. And I think when people like part of what I hope that I offer people in any industry that I'm working in is that like, oh, I trust her. Right. You know, like if she says she's going to do X, Y, and Z, she's gonna I a do it. And if for whatever reason it can't get done, then like she's going to be transparent about what, what needs to occur, you know, and have a better option if, than before. Right. So, you know, um, that's really what, what it's about. And, and my transition out of Mona Me was uh, to go to, to go work for Steve's dad at translation was up through relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at a, at a point in at that, I was at a point then where I needed a different, I needed something different. And I really wasn't, I really wasn't thinking about, I didn't go out and seek Steve Stout or translation or marketing or whatever. I was, I was all about talent management. I was all about like, you know, the production budget and fluffing that up and like, you know, creating um, relationships with, you know, the, the, the companies that I needed to, to get dollars from, you know, mm-hmm. and, I went to um, I went to translation because at the time I was just I needed more security. Um, I was 22, mm. and I needed more security in my in my life. And what do you um, mean by security? I needed I needed benefits. I needed mm. I needed help. I mean my my salary when I was working for Violator was like 25 grand. Wow, you know, this is 
nothing. Like, right, right. It's was, New York. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is New York. I don't know how I survived. And I was in a one-bedroom apartment. Like, uh-huh. I don't know by myself. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what, um, what kind of God life I'm, I'm living, but it's serious. It's, I, was, it, I don't know. Listen. I don't know what's going on. And I was still taking cabs. The nerve. Um, wow. Still living the high life of a $25,000 a year salary, Listen. living in a one bedroom in a uh, one bedroom in New York Listen. City. Wow. Listen, I don't know what was going on. And I had people on my couch, you know. Wow. Um, just because, like, you know, when you're young and people are like transitioning, right? Like, I'm always the first, I'm the first one who's like, yeah, you can stay with me. Wow. You know, like, because I know, one, I don't keep bums on my couch because, like, I know they just need a place. Like, right. For however long until they, like, figure it out. But, like, also, like, I had a friend that was working for Bad Boy, but she was going to get a place in Coney Island. I was like, are you crazy? Oh, wow. I was like, that no. commute is crazy. Gonna, that cab yeah, ride like, home from an event is crazy. <laughs> crazy. I was like, no, you're going to stay with me. Oh. Um, because, like, I live in Harlem. Like, you're, that's not a thing. Coney mm. Island. Whatever. Yeah. Get out of here. And then, you know, we ended up like living together for a good chunk of our, our New York experience. But, um, you know, when I worked for Stout, um, the concept of influencer marketing or, um, which wasn't a thing in 2008, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't a, a thing, but um, influencer marketing, culture marketing, um, you know, all of that stuff was, was what I learned. And it was something that, and it was something that, you know, I, I was able to, um, really activate my relationships and culture to be like, Oh, wait a minute. Like these brands are interested in, you know, connecting with, um, connecting with the talent that I know or work with and getting them involved in campaigns or, you know, some sort of communication initiative or whatever. And I just thought that that was, I was like, I can do that. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I, I know what this is, you know? And on the flip side, I was like, you know, the, the talent and artists and, you know, all these folks that have platforms and are able to mobilize audiences through their messaging, right? you know, they need to connect with, with brands, brands for, <laughs> for, yeah, with brands for, you know, just straight up, like, uh, fiscal purposes, right. you know, um, and it just made it made a lot of sense to me. Then I started to understand like how both both of these things go together, and I realized that I'm a marketer, you know, like mm. um, and as agency, opposed to a talent manager, you know, you're a marketer now. Well, I think, or well, in addition at the, to, at the, uh, it will. Uh, here's what I'll say: when you're at the time, I will t- I would tell you, um, in addition to. Um, and what I've learned is, is that if you're a good talent manager, you're everything, you're everything. You are a marketer, you're a talent manager, you're a negotiator, you're a lawyer, you're, I mean, you're everything. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're a great talent manager, then you also know more than anything, you're a marketer, your Mm -hmm. entire job, your entire job is to expand the growth of this talent. Mm-hmm. And the exposure of this talent for dollars for audience of you know for the audience mm-hmm. and and by way of helping to make that vision come to life. So when 
you know, uh, Beyonce has an idea and says, you know what, I want to do this thing at Coachella and I want to, and I want to do this and I want to make a documentary out of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to call Netflix. Okay. Mm -hmm. So who, the whole piece of that is how can you market that and make it bigger? Like the whole job of the talent manager is Mm -hmm. to hear an idea and say, I know how to get that done. Or Mm -hmm. I think we can, I think we can go bigger. Like, I see what you're saying. Like here's an expanded view. And, um, that's for people who are, that's, that's the talent manager marketers. me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people who are in talent management that are just about that, but, um, are mainly about like the, the, the details of like, you know, waking the artist up on time and, you know, getting them to the shoot or to the thing, you know, it's about relationships. Like you're in a, you would be in a tough position if you're a talent manager and nobody wants to work with your talent. Wow. Because. Like you have to, you have to work that much harder to build relationships because now people are like, I don't fuck with your talent, but I mess with you. Wow. Like I'll do this for you, mm. you know? And, um, that's an interesting place to be in as well. Right. Mm. When someone's like, I like you, I but I don't like your talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like your yeah. product pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, essentially, uh-huh. you know, and, um, you know, but that's the, that's the business of, of what, you know, what we have, what we have going on. And so at Translation, um, as I grew from being C-staff assistant into being um, a strategist, I, I really learned um, not only the, the, the concept of, of these things and how to like make something happen. I also learned how to put it together on paper mm. put it together on is paper. that what a strategist does because I've, I've heard that term so many times i'm a strategist <laughs> yeah i think it depends on like if you're in, in the advertising world mm-hmm. then yeah it's about the roadmap it's, it's about like what is this like nugget of information is the nugget of insight that you're going to garner from human behavior cultural trends consumer trends whatever and apply that to what will be salient to put in a communication device. Mm-hmm. So like whether that's an event, whether that's a, you know, a, an actual like ad, um, whether that is like on TV, a broadcast print, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, or if that's a, a social media thing, you know, if you're doing a big campaign, you'll, you'll optimize all of those channels, but mm-hmm. like the, the point of a strategist is to be able to help lead the foundation of the why, like, why are we doing this? Mm. You know, and if now you have a lot of tacticians out there, there are a lot of people that are incredibly tactical, mm-hmm. like incredibly like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. Like, okay, but why? Right. You know? And if you're able to say, well, you know, we're going to do these things because, as a brand, we know that when we have agency in the space because of this and we're applying that here, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people that say that they're strategists that aren't able to um, at least think linearly, this isn't mm. a real word, but like linear enough to put something on paper so that pe- other people can follow mm. because you know, I was telling somebody else this other day, like, 
you know, the result, you don't want to have to see the strategy, like, in the result. You know, like, when you watch a concert, you don't want to have to see, like, Beyonce counting her steps. Mm. <laughs> you know, you just want to, you just want to see her dance her butt off and right. be like, oh, she bad. Like, she great. I love this. You want you it know? to be fluid. Like, you want it to be like, you know, like, you've been there before, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's supposed yeah, to happen. Yeah, I like you've been there Right. Yeah, like you've been there before. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's the difference between some ads when you watch them, you're like, Ugh. and then some ads when you watch them, you're like, oh, this matters to me. Or right. this is, I was thinking the same thing or, mm. you know, whatever, like it's things like that. Um, mm. And I think, you know, what I learned when I was at translation was um, the best, the best communication um revolves around cultural nuance and how are we able to help not just brands, but talent as well. Um, understand like what their secret sauce is mm-hmm. and then turn that, turn that up for amplify. Um, that. Yeah. Amplify that so that, you know, when you're putting something into the world, it's truly authentic. Mm. Damn girl you're teaching a class right now. <laughs> well i did right so like i was a teacher um an adjunct professor at nyu at clive davis i taught brand partnerships 101 and um i also uh did the capstone class where Uh i helped um seniors graduating seniors kind of um codify like their work over the years and Uh present that with an ask like what especially if you're in the music business it's like in your in your talent you you can do the thing where you like sort of say oh no no my the other person's gonna ask for me mm-hmm. or i have my business it's like you need to know what you want mm-hmm. at all times like mm-hmm. you need to know what you want so that you can make the ask and you are able to you know tell a group of people that potentially could help you you know, I'm looking for a publishing arrangement. I'm mm-hmm. looking for um, relationships or contacts. I'm looking for an investment. I'm looking for what do you want, you know? Um, I think all of us actually, not just students, but I think all of us need to continuously be in the habit of asking for what we want. Wow. And that's, another, that's a problem, right? People sometimes are afraid to ask what they want, you know? And mm-hmm. some people don't know what they want. So I think that's a lot of problems why people be frustrated with their careers or the direction of their careers because they're just going, they're just not, they're not taking control, you know, and they're not taking possession mm-hmm. of their journey. So mm-hmm. knowing you're right. Knowing exactly what you want is a big solution for all that. Mm-hmm. How long, so how long were you at translation? And, you know, I think that's after that you started your company, right? Yeah. So I was at translation for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I started my company while I was at translation in 2011. Mm-hmm. And then um, I left in 2013, and um, you left benefits left, and all that. <laughs> I left. I left it all. Wow. I left it all. Um, what motivated you all. to do all that? Well, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. Like I always knew that I was going to have my own thing. And mm-hmm. I, at the time, had a business partner who, uh, you know, it felt like we were going to. Um, you know, be the next, like, Mona and Chris Whitey, you know, like, mm. it just felt very, like, like, we have a producer that has tracks with Khaled and, you know, J. Cole, who is really bubbling at the time, and, like, Oh, had, J. Cole you know, was your client? 
No, his producer. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, and we had, um, you know, I was working with Karen Civil and all of her staff um, and helped to create a blueprint for her as a blogger turned personality, media mm-hmm. personality. And then, um, you know, this influencer thing was just starting to tip. So I was working with a lot of brands, like putting them in touch with um, the Vashis of the world, the Clark the you know, Kendrick Lamar is like whoever. And um, it just seemed like um, the right fit. And I also became more and more um, stagnant in my position. Mm. And um, I, I mean, I was rolling in at like, I don't know, like 10 o'clock, 1030. I don't know. Like I was just like over it. <laughs> wow. You were done. You, and, you weren't passionate about it anymore. Yeah. Not even close. Um, love the people. You know, I, the sort of moment was um, I had my review with my mentor and um, who's my boss at the time, obviously. And um, he, and it wasn't Steve. It was my, 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 my friend, Marcus Collins, um, mm-hmm. who runs uh, social at, at donor agency. But at the time uh, he had launched the social uh, discipline at translation. We were having my review and he's like, everything's cool, whatever, whatever. And then he looked at me and he said, uh, you don't want to be here. Wow. I looked at him and was like, wait. Wow. <laughs> you were, said, you were, you were, were you trying to hide it? <laughs> you were like, yeah. And, oh, I thought I was hiding it. I uh-huh. thought I was hiding that. Um, and I obviously wasn't, but uh-huh. he also said, um, why aren't you doing what you want to do? Wow. And that was like, the million dollar question uh why Why, right why Why? yeah like why aren't you doing what you want to do what was your answer and then i in the moment i didn't really i was like uh Uh, i didn't have one Uh yeah but but what i asked myself at that moment i was just like yeah yeah like i gotta go wow and I, I realized that and um, you know, the question I was asking myself was, you know, who are you being loyal to? Mm, mm. That's, a, that's always the question. Like, who are you being loyal to? Who does it serve right. that you're sitting in this seat and, you know, collecting your little check or whatever? Like, I've never subscribed to, okay, and when I'm at, when I'm a, account executive i'm going to be the associate kind of or the you know group account executive and then the group director and then the super senior strategy like i don't care about that mm-hmm. that's like like positioning never in terms of like what corporate ladder positioning mm-hmm. has never um moved me at mm-hmm. all and and it sounds good for other people i guess but like um I realized that wasn't a, because I realized also like you don't get those things because you, it's merit based. Like some scenarios, yes, but like in the industries that I am in, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. Like as long as your money's good, like whatever. You could be a director forever if your money's good, mm-hmm. you know, like no one cares. Um, but if you care, then you're going to operate differently mm-hmm. um, and you're going to speak differently and you're going to cultivate that thing coming to you because that's what you care about. And I believe in the law of attraction. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I realized I was like, who are you being loyal to? And 
realized I needed to go. Um, and so that was what was put in motion. And so in 2013, I officially left translation to, to be on my own. And 2013 was a hard year. It was a very, very tough year. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember December 31st at like 11.58 and being like, get me the fuck up out of this year. Like, <laughs> what was so hard about it? Like, what was so hard? Well, I mean, everything, everything was hard. Um, you know, I had left, I had left the agency, um, you know, the year I left the agency, I was, um, you know, personally, I was not satisfied with, you know, relationships mm-hmm. in my life. Um, I felt like, um, you know, I, I needed, I needed to, to do different things. And, um, 2014 wasn't easy either, but like, that was really like the first full year of me being on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, there were, there were phone calls I had to make that I was very uncomfortable with. Um, you know, one of them being to my family, like asking for $20 is a, wow. is a position of vulnerability. You right. know what I mean? Like it's not something I take lightly. Like I wasn't raised to, um, I was raised to ask for what I want, but I, but I was also raised to like, provide the receipt like right you know um and when you know my family is in the south so like and they're fine you know they've they've made a great living i never i'm not not in a position where i have to like send money back home or like all this stuff i'm very very blessed Mm -hmm. um but you know i'm a virgo and i'm really about like doing the do and like making everything work and happen and performing and all that jazz and so um you know i think at that time i was 27 mm-hmm. so it, it was just hard to make a phone call to ask for help just mm-hmm. point blank period um it's difficult but you make the phone call like don't be stupid like, right you right. make the, you make the phone call you swallow your pride you make the phone call but you do it with people that you trust mm. You know, right. that you trust and have your best intention at heart that want to see you succeed. Right. They don't, don't want to do like, okay, I'm people. doing this for you. Then I mean, I mean, you owe me something later, you know? Right. 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 And, I, and I think I can relate to that in terms of transitioning to doing my own thing. You're excited. You know, the world is in front of you, you know, have all these great ideas. And then you hit that rock bottom where you have to make that phone call, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and that's part of the, tr- you know, the journey, you know, um, I don't know, not all entrepreneurs do it, but a lot of them do, you know, in terms of, you know, you're out on your own, you know, you're starting up and starting up is so expensive because you got to do so much, so many different things to get it going. And then when you do all those things, you're like, okay, what else do I, do I have left? <laughs> you know, and then that call has to be made, whether to be your family member, whether to be your partner, something. I mean, I could relate to that a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Um one hundred percent. And you know, I think um the reason why um this is crucial to learn if you are chasing your dreams mm-hmm. and if you are moving into entrepreneurship is that, you know, you 
one, you're not alone. Mm. Like, I don't, like, I don't care. It may not be your family. It may be that weird cousin from like round the way or like that you don't talk to, or like it may be, you know, um, someone who's in your, like not your immediate circle, but it's someone who's maybe like three rungs out from your immediate circle. Mm -hmm. But there is someone who will actually help you Mm. that will actually say, you know what? I, I see you hustling. I see you working. You know, do you need help with something? Mm. Do you need me to set up that event for you? Do you need me to work the, the front door? Do you need help with, um, you know, photography? Like you, you got it. Mm-hmm. Like you have every resource that you need. If you're willing mm-hmm. to actually ask, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times our, our culture, our people were black. So like we kind of, huddle like we've kind of put our little dream in this like not even a dream because like it's not just a dream it's like there are like tactical things that need to occur that we like put in this basket and we say like you're gonna do all of the things it's like you don't have to do all of the things right you can give people tasks and say like you know what i need your support with x y and z right you know like i sent a slew of texts this morning because I need help with, um, I'm doing a, a talk series and I need help with some promotion. And mm-hmm. I know people that have resources and huge email lists right. and all the things. So I'm like, I need you to send this out for me. Right. You know, and that's it. Right. It's and, done. And, and, for, and it's done. And mm-hmm. it's done. And, you know, they feel good about helping me. I feel good about them helping me. And <laughs> right. You know, like, it, and it's done because, by the way, and this goes back to relationships, like, there's, for me, like, for me personally, over the years, over the, I mean, not counting college, like, over the 12 years I've been working professionally, like, I've connected a lot of people. Mm. I've, I've, lo- I've lobbed resumes. I, like, be sending resumes everywhere for people Mm -hmm. i have had conversations with a lot of people i've done pick your brain lunches with a lot of people Mm. i've you know for free (laughs) for free and i don't feel a way about that Mm -hmm. you know i don't feel a way about that because one i i personally enjoy i'm a curious person Mm -hmm. i want to know about everyone like if i could have like a mental download of every human story mm-hmm. like i would be the happiest camper because i would just be walking around the neighborhood like hey jim hey julie right that's my friend from there that's a relationship right i would just be like everybody i can, i understand how everybody can get along mm-hmm. you know and like that's my thing like i appreciate knowing a little bit about everyone mm-hmm because I think it harnesses the humanity in us all. Mm. And that's what I'm always about getting to is, you know, getting over the lie that we're alone. Because mm. we're not. That's it's just a lie. And it's divisive and it's stupid. And no like man I is think an that island. no man's an island. And it feels that way in our thoughts because we choose not to express when we are feeling like we made a mistake mm-hmm. or feeling like Oh shoot! There, someone's going to judge me from this, right? Or whatever that experiences of doubt, shame, anger, whatever 
you know, Brene Brown talks about this a lot, you know, like whatever that is, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or you don't want a reaction or you don't want to deal with an emotion someone might have. Um, but when we do those things, we box ourselves in mm. and we don't allow other to actually show up for us in the way that we do need, mm. you know, like, so what happens is this happens in relationships all the time. Someone is upset. The other person has no idea what's happening. Doesn't even recognize that the person's upset. The person's upset by themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, right. And then when something happens and there's a conversation, like there's an attitude and the and, and other is like, what happened? What happened? Right. You know, if that person even care, it cares about the relationship, mm-hmm. like, did I do something? Like, what, why, why are we in this space right now? Right. I didn't, I didn't know. I was chopping tomatoes. You came in upset. I don't know what's going on. Like, right. you know, but there has to be, someone has to be, my mom likes to say, someone has to be the godlike one in the relationship. You know, mm. like someone has to be the one to say, one, either help me understand or two, I'm sorry. Mm. Like whatever that thing is. Right. And this is, no relationship is sacred, like, from these things. Every relationship will have a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Every relationship will have a moment where you're, you know, doing something that someone else is triggered by Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Like, everything will do that. But what the difference is between strong relationships and weak ones is that no matter what kind of relationship it is, is that there's always someone to say or someone that will be willing to acknowledge their own shit. Mm-hmm. And and say, listen, you know what? When this happened, it made me feel like this. But I know that wasn't your intention. I just wanted to let you know, just so that you, you understand why I would react a certain way. Right. I'm working. I'm working on this. Thanks for walking with me. Right. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what I mean. I mean, communication is one of the hardest things that we 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 have pro- trouble with. You know, being hum- humility and, com- and proper communication in terms of building, building solid relationships, whether it be personal or business, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially in an industry such as music, entertainment, all that, you know, because everyone is like everyone, like you said, to keep it to themselves, keep their, you know, keep their representative, you know, on and they're, they don't know how to kind of like you know, ask for help or, you know, trust others. So, you know, you just give a lesson one-on-one in relationships right now. So, you know, how have you, you know, I know you said 2013 was hard, 2014 wasn't hard. I mean, was, you know, wasn't that hard, but it was still hard. So how did your business grow leveraging these, these life lessons uh, that you've acquired? Mm-hmm. Um, well, again, relationships, like some of my clients have been through prior relationships, um, at my agency, um, so translation was one of my first clients. And then I got another client vis-a-vis mother, another agency where I worked on Microsoft and Target. And then, uh, in 2015, I started working on Airbnb through another relationship I had with another agency and mm-hmm. worked on 
two big programs uh, that took me to Paris and wow. one in LA where I was basically the head of programming and talent for those, for those programs. And, um, I, I got to learn a lot. I spent a lot of time in San Francisco, um, with the Airbnb team and the senior staff there. And, um, it really opened my eyes to, uh, one San Francisco, the Bay area and that culture, but also, um, how my skill set can be applied for, you know, tech companies mm. and those that are, that are in that space. So my, my business grew um, on that side, especially on the brand side of things, um, be- because when my partner and I went our separate ways in 2014, that's another reason why it was difficult. Um, when we went our separate why, ways why did you guys, you know, separate? Well, he, he had his own sort of personal um, stuff to, to get through that just, you know, when you start a company, there's, there really just isn't room for it. Like I, you know, we started the company in 2011, but like when I went full time into the company, um, I, I needed, I thought I needed my partner. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when he was like, yeah, nah, um, I have to, you know, go through my process with, you know, some of his personal, personal things. I Issues. was like, okay. Yeah, I, I had to ask myself what I wanted to do. You know, it was a, it was a, what, like, literally, it was like, wait, so I'm going to, like, go back and translate him? Like, what, right, what am I going right. to do yet? You know? Right. Um, mind you, I've only had, at that point, I had only had two jobs. That was violator and translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, you know what? You're going to put in big girl pants and you're going to, you're going to do it. You right. know, you're going to, you're going to figure it out. And, how was that um, separation that, was, you know, from a business perspective, you know, was it there... horrible. That was my best friend. That was my wow. best friend. You know what? You know? Yeah. So from a technical business perspective in terms of paperwork, was there mm-hmm. things that you guys had to do to kind of yeah. like say you no longer part of this? Yep. Yep. He had to sell his shares and, um, which wasn't a big deal. We were a new company. So it was mm-hmm. just like, whatever um it was lawyers like were involved like, in all that right yeah you know but he was in a place where he he told me to move on too he was mm. like this isn't you know he wasn't like fighting for anything it was just yeah i'm not gonna be of service <laughs> to this organization like, right right I'm, like i'm telling you that right now <laughs> like, right go on right you well, know it's, it's great um, that it was a mutual was, thing yeah, it, it was, but, you know, like, my heart was just like, no, it'll be better, uh, 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 you know, but, you know, I think he knew, he knew what was up, and right. I needed to respect that, and, you know, it broke my heart, um, because I, you know, like anything else, you have dreams that you are planting seeds with, with somebody, and, like, you know, up to that point for the, that four years, um, right. we were, you know, hustling and like doing things and like he was in studio with the producers and the music talent i was you know doing all the brand stuff and with karen and like you know, mm-hmm. we were doing things and then it just it 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 wasn't a, it wasn't going right. you know like um when when it was it came to a halt when he um really had to pay attention to his personal life and mm. and i respect that a hundred percent um right. It 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 was difficult, not just for the company, but for our relationship, right. um, because 
there are things that, you know, and you're in a business relationship, like it's not all transactional, you know, it, you have to like the person you're dealing with. You have to care about their well-being. You have right. to like support their well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you are ever, if you have a friend who is typically like one way and then something happens and you're like, who are you? Like, I don't even know who you are right now. Right. Like, that like business aside as a friend, I'm concerned. You know? Right. So like, um, all that being said, it was a very difficult transition. I had to ask myself some, some very difficult questions. Like, I just, you know, I told my family that I was doing this thing. I told everybody I was doing mm. this thing. Like, you know, everybody knows that we're, we've been doing this thing together. Like, you know, what, what, what are we going to do? You right, know? Like, right. There was relationships that he cultivated that I, I was not a part of. You know, right. like, he was the A&R guy, you know, like that's cool. I love that shit. But like, that's not me. I'm not listening to records every day. Right. You know, I'm not picking records. I'm not going to be in studio with anyone at two in the morning. Mm. Like I'm not doing it. Like it's not me. I love the idea of it. (laughs) But it's not, that's not, that's not not where you're strong. That's not where your strengths are. That's not, that's not my strong suit. I was like, yo, deliver a record to me. We're going to get it everywhere. Like I got you, you know, like we'll figure out how to get the right partner in um, for releases and blah 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 but um you know that that's where i i took the hit and so there was a point where um you know i let go of everybody everybody Mm. that was on our roster i let go of except for two people and um even that came to an end because you know the business and myself sustainability is not in talent management Mm. Um, it's not so um especially when you're breaking talent um, sustainability is in, you know, my brand clients. So I was like, I need to focus on my brand clients and, um, I can't focus on anything else. You know? right. So that's where, um, that's really what it was. Right. Are you, um, are you still best friend with your partner, you know, your former partner or it, the, the no, business kind of affected um, the relationship? Yeah. Like the, well, that plus he moved. So okay. there was, um, you know how you, there's people in your life that are always be your people, right? You know? So he could call me for anything. I could mm-hmm. call him for anything. Mm-hmm. But um, our relationship definitely has uh, like that definitely shifted, and it was I don't talk to him really. Right. Um, and I think that that's not for anything less than you know we're we are different right you know right. we are different and i think that um, guys both change and evolve to different people yeah. based on yeah. you know, life life experiences and that's and that's part of you know evolving that's part of growing up and that's part of living you know yeah well i also think too like when the co- so the core when the core of somebody when the, when the core of somebody is has shifted mm-hmm. or the thing that attracted you to the person no matter mm. what relationship it is has shifted or isn't there like it's hard for you to connect to other things so it's like you know in my case and this is for anyone but it's like if i'm anybody that works with me if for whatever reason i became recluse mm-hmm. like and just like oh, i don't want to go out i don't want to do anything i don't mm. want to like i'm different wow <laughs> like, 
you know, and, and that, that would have an effect on my business. That would have right. an effect on my relationships, my friendships, right. you know? Um, and, and I think, you know, as time goes on, especially if that's because of a consistent behavior, you know, in any relationship that you were different, you know, people will not, you know, people will, will come to you for different things. Right. Um, you know, but if that's what they were attracted to you um, for in the first place, then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be different. So uh, in terms of your business, in terms of you, where are you now in terms of being an entrepreneur, in terms of your company and, you know, your personal life? You seem like you're in a great space. Thank you. Um, well, from a company perspective, I'm I'm reshifting. I'm I'm reshifting. So for the past two years, right? Like I start working. Um, so after uh, I've worked in consulting for Airbnb, we work called, and I worked for WeWork mm-hmm. for almost two years, and then I worked on a nonprofit, uh, Digital Undivided the tech nonprofit. Um, and I recently left them and I realized part of me like leaving was realizing like, I don't need to work for people. Mm. <laughs> like that's again, like what's for you is for you. Like I realized that, you know, for me, mm-hmm. um, my, I feel, I feel strength when I'm, working for myself and when I get to determine my time Mm -hmm. and that is something that I've always had like especially when I was in like my first year of working at Violator Mm -hmm. I remember I had to walk past the Starbucks and I would see these people like in the Starbucks typing away and in my head I was like I can't wait to that is me I need to be exactly oh man I I did that all the time why do they get to why do they get to do that? No, I don't. You know, like, and why not me? Why can't I do that? Right. And then the time I realized, like, I mean, I was 21. I just moved to New York. So it was like, girl, you need a J-O-B. Right. But <laughs> um, I also realized where I wanted to go, what I what mattered to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it may not have been the right time, mm-hmm. but I knew it mattered to me. And so it was just something that I probably even unconsciously started to start to cultivate. I mean, right now, um, like I said, I'm shifting my business. So I went, you know, I, I went from like working full time to realizing like I need to work for myself full time again. I um, consult digital undivided now, turn them into a client and then also consult um, black girl and own, which is a content experiences platform mm-hmm. made for women of color to really discover um, and promote holistic wellness. Mm -hmm. And that really aligned with me. So not only did I take, I I took a step away from like entertainment Mm. in this this kind of way. Um, But what I really started gravitating to has been wellness. And I realized that I want to work with people and brands that are focused on the well-being of Mm. us. And I, you know, th- that's what I want. Like, I want, I want that. <laughs> I, I feel good about that. I feel great about that. Um, right. And so, no disrespect to all the hip hop artists in the world, but it's just like, what needs to get my energy is this space wow. and the representation around that space. Right. Um, there's residual impact around that, um, that, you know, can help us. 
mm-hmm. as a culture. Um, and so my company is focusing more on that. Um, so I'm taking on brand clients. Um, I'll take on brand clients that are looking to um, engage our communities um, from a partnership perspective and also from like a general market perspective. And then um, in terms of individual talent, um, I'm attracted to movements, ideas, um, things like that. So partnerships for brand management for individual, mm-hmm. uh, those types of things. So that's why with Lauren and Black Girl and Elm, I work with them. I recently did a deal with Apple and Heel House, uh, which is a, a space in Brooklyn, um, a wellness studio in Brooklyn. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, my boy, Darren. My boy, Darren. My, actually, my frat brother, Darren, you know. Oh, Darren, that's your frat brother? Yeah. Yeah. That's my Elisa guy. and Darian are my are my people. Um, that was that was fun. Uh, when you watch when you watch Godfather, like I was thinking of them because I was able to double the fee that they were going to receive. And wow. like this, like things like that. When I think about like my place, um, it is about protecting and. And, you know, really protecting and really elevating our people related to this, this world. Um, And so like that matters a lot to me to be able to do that. I I get a sense that you don't, you're not afraid to be on the forefront because a lot of times people jump on bandwagons when it's here, but you seem like, you know, you, you're a visionary, you see things coming and, you know, you were like, you know what? I like that. I want to be a part of that movement because the holistic space right now is you know darian quitting his job uh and in a year short period of time the things that they've done in such a short period of time and the the, the traction you're getting and the coverage they're getting is like wow you know i remember about five years ago this um a friend of mine she was like she came to me she was like oh um you know i deal with mental mental health mental health I wanted to start something with mental health. And I was like, I told her like, you know, this is something that you have to cultivate on your own because this is your story. This is your journey. And now there's so many conversations about mental health and well-being. You know, it's amazing to watch. So I feel like, you know, you're not afraid of tackling these new new challenges at the same time, new opportunities. Oh, yeah. Um I, I completely agree with you because when I was in college, I told you I had a business in college. When I was in college, um, I had a company at the time, it's called Digital Arm, and mm-hmm. it was uh, stood for Digital Asset Research and Media Management. And uh, this, so when I was in school, this was around 2000, I graduated in 2007, but the company was started in 2006. Mm-hmm. So this is when like there was Last FM and like Mux Tape and like all these different types of, um, all these different types of websites that had music on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, man, if managers could be smarter about the, the way people consume their music, then they can make informed decisions about what kind of music to produce, mm-hmm. you know, or have the artists produce. And so <clears throat> digital asset research management was all about creating um, analytics around music mm-hmm. and then what happened was that was in 2006 and um you know my life was progressing and i 
you know, moved to New York and all that stuff. So it got the back burner for a long time. But what I noticed was at the time there wasn't any like influencers. That wasn't a mm. thing. Um, it was just musicians, actors. Right. And then in 2011, you know, influencers started to populate in that in, as Instagram come, came out and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, influencers start to be a thing. And so, you know, that's when I start realizing um, early on, mainly with Karen Civil, that um, my, that was a, a friend of mine and um, we got introduced. And I remember asking, I was like, oh, who's handling? She had all this, all this stuff going on. I was like, oh, who's handling this for you? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the talent management side of me came out more and mm-hmm. I realized like oh this is a business like this is a thing right. and I started to handle more um, I started to present her differently because I was like you're, you're a publisher you're a good looking woman like you could be you know on camera you could you know you have a huge platform on social like you can actually sell these are selling things like you can sell things here um, if you wanted to make money um and so i started you know being in the ad business at that time i started to have conversations with other advertising companies and the sprites of the world and the t-mobiles and you know all this stuff and we started doing deals and um realizing like okay let's move you from hip-hop blogger to uh media personality Mm. and so we started doing that over the course of um, four years and then um, I was you know around 2015 I literally was in Paris and I was like this is my brand business was just getting too big and you know we we separated um, oh you and Karen but mm-hmm, but like you know it was a good you know every everything one thing somebody will always know about me is like I don't do I don't do drama oh <laughs> I don't I don't do bad separations i don't do burn bridges right like, i don't do that you got amazing energy argue. so I, I can't see i don't you. i, I don't argue about money like i feel too blessed to do that i will i will i will fight for what i think is right but like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue about money you right. know i'm not gonna argue about um attitudes you know i don't i don't i'm too chill okay now talking <laughs> about money i know in your you know, you're in the forefront of a lot of new stuff. And how do you say this is worth? How do you say this is this is what this is worth? How do you determine what this is worth? And how do you, like, convince your clients, you know, whether it be from a brand or from a, uh, a, a client, you know, that this is my value, you know? How do you determine it and how do you convince people that this is what well, this is worth? I think that, you do that. Um, there's two parts. Like I think when you do it from a, 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 a statistic perspective, a data perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then that means that somebody else said, Oh, you're worth 30, $30 per CPM. It's like, uh, who says who, right. but, you know, like that's based on an average of something that you didn't create. Mm-hmm. But um, for us and for any of my clients, like when I look at what we're selling and when I look at um, engagement and when I look at the effort and the time that it takes to accomplish whatever it is that we're trying to do, mm-hmm. um, I base it off of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm flexible. You know, I'm always, you know, I'm always balancing. It's not just the, the dollar. It's 
is this a relationship I'm going to come back to? Is this somebody that I, mm, I want to be in business with? Is right. this somebody that I want my partner to be in business with? Me and my, me and Lauren were like partners. Like, like we'll call each other like, listen, like this person's weird. I don't know what the deal is. Like they're a weird vibe. I don't like it. I, don't, I think that they're just trying to check the box. So if you want to just get the check, cool. Otherwise, like we can walk away from it. I'm not, I don't mm, have a problem with it. You have no problems walking away from bad vibes. Absolutely none. Mm-hmm. Absolutely none. Mm-hmm. Absolutely none. You know, like somebody, if somebody's there's, there have been brands that we've worked with that are very intentional about why they want to work with Lauren or mm-hmm. any of my clients or, and then and at the rate in which they will do that. Mm-hmm. And there've been a lot of brands that have said, listen, that's higher, but I'll fight for dollars or that's higher than I thought it would be. Right. I want to like, would you consider like offer me a counter, you know, it's a negotiation. Right. Right. Offer me a counter, you know, right. like, and if it's a brand like we really enjoy or a brand that we really want to do work with, then you know what we're going to do. We're going to figure it out. Um, <laughs> you know, there are brands right now that we're working on that are, when I say below the market rate, like I would never, never <laughs> like do this. Uh-huh. But because of what it is that we're doing in the room we're going to be in, I'm willing to accept. Right. You know? Right. Because what some managers cannot do that I can do is into a room and get everyone's contact and make everyone fall in love with us. And they get mm. everyone's money. Like wow. so I'll take a look. So one one person I said, I was like, listen, I'm gonna take this lower thing, but this is what you need to do. You're gonna connect me to every person that controls a budget in that room. Wow. And she's like, done. I was like, done. That's it. Girl, listen, like, you know. You dropping so many dimes, so many jumps. You know, I'm gonna have to charge for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> charge my listeners because this is some this is some it's like a what they call those classes those things that they offer online <laughs> master classes master class oh my god you know and and you know thank you thank you for really you know opening up and sharing so much and sharing your journey um you know and that's it's clearly still evolving and still going and i'm i'm eager to see what that you know what it's gonna look like in the near future, and I, I'm, I'm more than positive it's gonna be dope. You know, because everything that every step of the way that you've come, even at your low points, has been, you know, amazing. So, you know, good luck with you. Thank you for sharing all this with me and my listeners. And if there's anything I could do to support your journey, please let me know, cause, you know, this is so invaluable. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And I am very, very much looking forward to all of the wonderful, wonderful listeners getting in contact with you and sharing their stories. And, you know, if you guys want to reach me, I'm at Guild Creative Group, G-I-L-D, creativegroup.com. And you can find me on IG at Tiffany underscore Harden, H-A-R-D-I-N. And that is that I'm always willing to talk and like connect and all that stuff. So thank you for inviting me. And um, this summer I have a talk series. I don't know when this is coming out, but um, one's happening next week, June 20th. And then 
this summer I have a talk series happening at Made by We mm-hmm. in New York City. So if you're in New York City, um, every third week of the month for the most part, I will be uh, in the city dropping more gems with other incredible established entrepreneurs and culture. Yeah, definitely. Let me know if you you know need me to send it out. I have about 30 plus thousand people <laughs> on my listserv yeah. and I'm transitioning myself and I want, you know, I've always wanted to create a platform to, 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 to bring more substantive stuff to my listeners or to my followers or whatever you want to call it, because I really believe in them. And I believe that once they have the knowledge, they'll take it from there. So please let me know whatever I could share um, with them. Cause I think you're amazing. Perfect. 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 All right, girl. Good. Have a good one, and thanks once again. All right, sounds good. All right, bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Thank you all for tuning into Reverse Ambition Podcast. It is really a pleasure sharing these amazing journeys with you. It may take some time for you to find your purpose and realize your dreams, or for your purpose and dreams to find you. When it happens, don't be afraid to pursue them. Be more afraid if you don't. Trust God. Trust your journey, and most important, trust yourself, and it will all work out. Until next time, I am Kelsa Cooper, the social broker. Thanks again for listening.